Corporate Media Presents NF Teach. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy. Really excited to get into this episode with you, uh, with my good friend, Adam Fish. And he wrote an article on Packroot Media discussing the idea, and it's titled, So Are NFTs a Scam? And there are a lot of Twitter threads going on with people calling NFTs a scam, calling them a pyramid scheme, and calling them a Ponzi scheme. So what I, I sought to do in this episode was to tackle some of the, those language uh, issues and to really dig into what those terms mean and to see how they fit or if they don't fit to the NFT space at large. Uh, and then we spend a good chunk of time talking about the technology behind non-fungible tokens and how it is set to change the world. So I think this is going to be a really good episode. And this is a great episode to share with people who are learning about the space. So as always, I appreciate when you share this with your, your newbie friends, your normies that are thinking about getting into the space. This is a great episode to use for those purposes. So this is a beginner's episode. But without further ado, let's jump into it with good friend of the podcast and fellow PackRip Media contributor, Adam Fish. Here we go. Joining me on the Pack Rip Media guest line is longtime contributor and friend to the podcast, Adam Fish. Adam, how are you today? I'm I am happy to be here. This is an NF treat. We haven't been on a pod together in a while. It's been a while, man. You've been doing your own thing with the pod. It's doing well around the metaverse is great. And uh, you've done Thank a couple Packrip Media podcasts as well. Uh, but it's always good to have you back home here on NFTeach. And I remarked that I thought this was the best piece of writing that's happened to date in the NFT space. And we're going to jump into your article. And your article on Packrip Media that I'm referring to is called So Are NFTs a Scam? So why don't we start, Fish, by just talking about where the inspiration came for this. I know you've been a warrior on Twitter in many threads trying to defend the honor of the NFT, but is that the origin for this? Where did it, the idea come from for this article? Yeah, you know, I think it was it was a combination of uh, of certainly a lot of Twitter threads and then just general, you know, I'm I'm a stickler for language and I'm I come from traditional finance, so when people throw around the terms like, you know, scam, Ponzi scheme, pyramid scheme, kind of all these things, like these, these words mean something or that they're supposed to mean something. So I think, you know, I think a lot of the language is just really inexact and it's just, people have all sorts of motivations, I think, for why they say these things. Maybe some of them are jealous of of the money people are making maybe some of them are just scared of things they don't understand or they just heard something bad and they don't want to take the time to learn more about it and so i think when when people are feeling kind of threatened by something new they don't understand they just throw everything at the wall and i think twitter is is useful in a lot of ways not really useful for kind of nuanced conversation so i just wanted to take a, a higher view uh, perspective and say, you know, what, what are the arguments, what are the underlying arguments that people are actually making and, and is there any merit to them? And, and it's, it is a really hard 
context to wrap in concept to wrap your mind around. I mean, I just came from presenting at a conference of educators today, all of which very willing to learn. But, you know, the the, the very first question I took once I opened up for Q&A was, well, why can't I just right click save as this? Why, why can't why sure. would anyone pay for this video on Top Shot? Um, when I can just watch it on YouTube. And, and I think that it is a very meta thing to wrap your head around. So let's jump into yeah. it. And, and the, one of the first things you do is you sort of tackle some of the, the labels that are thrown at the NFT space. You define scam and then you jump into pyramid scheme, multi-level marketing and Ponzi scheme. Let's go just go through those terms and sort of unpack them, Fish. Yes, yeah, sure. So, you know, when when people talk about a pyramid scheme, I mean, a, a pyramid scheme is a business where, you know, multi-level marketing, the same similar ideas. But the, the, the basic idea is, you know, your basically your your sales role is to get other people to buy and then they're supposed to sell. And that's where the money comes from. So the idea is, you know, it's an ever expanding pyramid of I buy from the company then I'm out this money. And then in order to recoup this money, I need to get two or three or four people to buy what I bought. And then they're out the money unless they get other people to buy from them and so on and so on. Um, that's not really what NFTs are. Um, I mean, it, even so, you know, it's really, there's, there's sort of the individual argument and there's the bigger picture argument because there's the individual argument about an, any given NFT project. And then there's the bigger argument about the NFTs and as a technology, right? So here I'm really talking about NFT projects because NFTs as a technology are We're real early to yeah. and, and above all like those, that none of these things apply to NFTs as a technology, right? The technology is digital scarcity. And the uses for that, I mean, we could go off on a whole other pod about what potential uses are. Adam, do you think it's the the absurdity of some of what these things look like that draws the very easy sort of way to sort of um, minimize their impact or minimize what people are doing with them? I mean, when you think about what a board ape looks like or a pixelated punk, it's not sure. something that screams high value digital property, right? Yeah, I, I'm. I know. I'm confident that that's part of it. That it's. It often <clears throat> it looks like something that is easy to dismiss, right? It looks like something that, right? If 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 it looked like a, a Monet, then okay, maybe you like the art, but you could sort of quibble over what the value is of it. But for something that looks like a board ape or a crypto punk or something it feels very easy to dismiss as being worthless just instinctively and aesthetically um, when you're not in it and not understanding of kind of what, what the power behind it is. Let's talk about uh, multi-level marketing and Ponzi schemes. So I think, I mean, multi-level marketing and and pyramid schemes, it's, those are, those are both sort of the similar ideas. So I I think the Ponzi scheme, I think is where there's there it's, I don't want to say there's more merit, but I think when a lot of people are throwing around the terms of, you know, scam, pyramid scheme, what I think what they really mean is a Ponzi scheme. So they're really talking about, well, you're just it, basically the value of these things is only derived from other people being willing to pay more money for it later. Right. So that's the idea of a Ponzi scheme is, you know, with Bernie Madoff, for example. So he he was investing money. 
the investments were not working out. Instead of admitting that the investments weren't working out, he kept saying that the investments were doing well. So that, but when when people wanted to withdraw their money, that money had to come from somewhere, right? You had to realize that. So he was taking money from new investors and using that money to repay the original investors that were getting their money out. And that continues until inevitably new investors stop coming in. And then when people are asking for their money oh, back, no. there's no money left. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but again, you know, there you really have to distinguish it from NFTs because in any given NFT project, nobody is promising a return, right? No one is saying, yeah, if you, if you buy a board ape, you're going to get a 7% return, a 10% return, whatever. They're just saying, Hey, here's an ape. And if you choose to buy it, then what you're counting on is not, Oh, well, some other suckers are going to buy it after me, nor is it. Well, I think that the board ape founders are, making good investments for me and they're actually not it's you know you expect that it's going to increase in value because the board ape founders are increasing brand value in all of these different ways because it's giving access to really unique experiences because you know they're working on mobile games they're working on other trademarks they're they're doing all of these things that are actively trying to add value to the board ape brand and whether those things add enough value to justify, uh, you know, the what's it at now? You know, the the hundred and sixty or two hundred thousand dollar cost for a floor ape is a secondary issue, right? Like you can think it's overpriced, but it's not a Ponzi scheme because it's priced at whatever people are willing to pay for it, and so you have to like the, you have to create that distinction. I mean. So, so in essence, you're not robbing Peter to pay Paul in this scenario. These are direct one-to-one transactions. I, I buy ape, I sell ape. You're not, you're not taking funds from some DAO and you know offsetting losses because to your point, there's no guarantee of return on anything. No, there, there's no guarantee of return. There's, there's been no promise of return. And look, am, am I? Do I hope that my ape goes up in value in the future? Of course. But that's true of anything. That's true of my house. That's true of of my Top Shot collection. That's true of uh, you know stamp collectors and and uh, rare book collectors and and real art collectors, right? I mean, real uh, physical art collectors, right? Anyone that is buying any any collectible. Right. Anything that isn't a disposable good. Right. Like your clothes. OK, you're going to wear those. You'll throw them out. Right. Your car. You understand it depreciates. But any anything that you buy that you intend that for which there is a resale market, you're hoping it goes up later. That doesn't make it a Ponzi scheme. You're just hoping that it retains value and increases in value in the future for whatever reason that are associated with that particular good. It's funny, like it's like why is Visa participating in a Ponzi scheme when when they're buying right. a book? Like and, and you know the funny thing about that is, right? These corporate brands buying these apes and these punks, they are getting native press for buying it, and that asset is yeah. appreciating. It's insane when you think about it. Like you know, your traditional marketing expenses, yeah. something comes out, you hope that the customer acquisition cost, the return is gonna be you know, worth it for whatever that means. And in this, right. you start buy- to measure, you don't know. Right. You buy an ape, you buy a punk, 
it appreciates and you've gotten press and attention for getting it. It's insane when you think about it. Yeah. No, I, I remember a few months ago, and I, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, the first person that I'd read that said it, but someone said that essentially, maybe it was G Money that basically said, you know, NFTs will completely change the equation of a marketing budget for a company because instead of it being uh, an expense, your your marketing budget can now be allocated to something that actually appreciates in value. And and the shift in thinking of that is, I mean, it's 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 a huge opportunity and you're absolutely right. You know, presumably the, the, the cost for the punt came out of Visa's marketing budget, but usually marketing costs, you, it's a sunk cost that disappears and you, you hope that you made enough money back from it one way or another to justify it. But whatever, whatever publicity they got, they can turn it around and sell it already for a huge profit. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I uh, have been doing some NFT 101s for more traditional consumer brands and educating them about what the NFT is and doing a very elementary what is blockchain? What are NFTs? One hour thing. Sure. And one of the, the questions that came out of this was like, what, where would you start? And this is what the brand's asking me. And it was really easy. Buy a high valued piece of digital property, buy an ape, buy a punk, throw it as your Twitter profile picture. That's it. That's a, you want the easiest first yep. step possible. <laughs> the yep. asset will appreciate and yeah. you will get a lot of attention. Done. Yeah. And look, and we've seen that, you know, with, with Post Malone and Jimmy Fallon, like using MoonPay to buy with Fiat, it doesn't need to be that complicated. The We know that the NFT onboarding experience six months from now will be easier than today. 12 months from now will be easier than six months from now. Like it's only going to get easier. We know that. Um, whether it's through Coinbase or other platforms, like it's going to just get easier and easier for a, a, a non digital native brand to get into the space. And you're right, you know, they could, they buy one of these and they immediately get a huge boost in publicity of, Hey, this is what this brand did. And and what are these apes and punks all about? And that, right. I mean, it's so again, sort of going back to the article, I think whether you think something is overpriced is different from thinking it's, it's a scam or, or it's a Ponzi scheme. Like it's, you know, you we, you we can think a, a luxury you can think a luxury purse is stupid, but it doesn't right. keep people from buying it, right? Same with a car. Well, that's it's it's exactly the same thing, right? Is Louis Vuitton a Ponzi scheme? No, there's there's it's my expensive. wife would say definitely not. <laughs> it's expensive. There's a resale market for it, but does that mean just because you buy something and hope that you could resell it for more money, does that mean it's a scam? Like it's not that. It, that would mean all of real estate is a scam. Any any real estate purchase in history has been done with the with the assumption and the hope that you'll be able to sell it for more value in the future. That doesn't make real estate a Ponzi scheme, right? I think I think what what people assume is it's the combination of the hope it will be worth more in the future and the fact that it's digital. And for the people saying this, I think they still they still assume that digital means worthless because they haven't gotten over that concept of digital scarcity. So the idea of, oh, someone is paying money for something that is worthless. I know it's worthless. So this must be a scam. Yeah. And that's, as we know, that's just 
that's just not the case. Well, and and it's interesting that this idea of wrapping your head around digital property is so foreign when like no one's getting paid with a check anymore. You know, like we've been living sure. living in this idea of things being digital for a while now. Now, the idea yep. that you could have such an absurdly valuable asset, I still think the absurdity of the art in many instances to your, like we were discussing earlier about if it was a Monet, people would treat it differently is certainly part of it. But I want to move on to the, the sort of summary part, which is about ignoring the technology, Adam. Like, what do you mean when you say people are ignoring the technology? Well, I think it's it's exactly that. It's that, you know, you can... You may not like board apes, you may not like punks, you may not like chain runners, you may not like any given project. But the fact is that this technology is so powerful that it's it's inevitable. And I my ape might go to zero. It might happen, right? I, I hope it doesn't. I think that's very unlikely, but we know that most NFT projects. The, as, that exists today are going to go to zero, right? Gary Vee's been saying it for months. I think he's right to say it. There will be some that that retain historical value, brand value, whatever, and are extremely valuable. But most will go to zero. But that does nothing to undermine the power of this technology. The concept of digital scarcity and and the power of what the blockchain can do when it comes to goods when it comes to ticketing for events, when it comes to collectibles, when it comes to, um, you know, just, uh, uh, I mean, to, to any smart contracts, real estate contracts, other legal contracts, all of these things that, that are, are, have already started moving to the blockchain and will only continue, that's inevitable. That is going to happen. And I know that there will be an NFT winter at some point. There will, We will have a bear market and all of the right-click savers will come out and say, I told you so. It's all bullshit. It's all garbage. Like none of it's worth anything. And the fact is they're still going to be wrong. They're still going to be wrong because this technology is coming. Your, your event tickets in 10 years are going to be an NFT. It's going to happen, right? All of these... Land transfers, these things are going to exist on the blockchain. Maybe it's done in a pretty user-friendly way, like on Topshot, right? A lot of people on Topshot don't even realize that it's actually an NFT because it's 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 in fiat and you don't see the blockchain, right? It's it's done in a the very- The user experience is very easy and- It's it- very easy and doesn't feel like you're in, into new territory. So maybe it'll look like that and you won't realize it, but it will be an NFT. It will live on the blockchain. All like those things are coming. It's just a matter of time, and it's it's inevitable. And so since 2017, I've been doing talks at conferences on teaching blockchain to educators and why they should understand blockchain and how it should frame some of the career guidance that we're giving students about what careers down the road are potentially viable and which ones may not. Because some of the safest careers that we think of are pretty susceptible to being eradicated or replaced through sure. you know, removing intermediaries and, and middlemen. Yep. And, and yeah. when I was doing this, there was at no point where NFTs in 2017 were like the use case that I was thinking of. I had lots of use cases that were in my mind, but it was never this. And I think when Top Shot was, was just February, March, and, and everyone is Top Shot focused at that point. The NBA yep. is behind Top Shot. 
there's a sense of like, well, if the NBA is behind it, this must be a real thing versus the sort of anonymous, this is a cartoon ape, anonymous, this is a a pixel punk. Um, These things feel flimsier, I think, in comparison to the Top Shot product. And I think it, it contributes to some of this. Yeah, I, I agree. And and look, we have seen the fact that NFTs are not a scam doesn't mean that there aren't scammers in the NFT space. There are scammers, just like there are scammers in any other space where there's money, right? There, There's all kinds of, there's you get Nigerian prince emails that doesn't mean email is a scam. We were talking right? about this uh, in Aspen Scam Busters yesterday, actually. The Nigerian prince email was exactly what we were talking about. So, you know, I think you you have to separate the fact that something nefarious exists within something doesn't mean that whole space should be painted with that brush. So there are scammers, there are people, there are rug pullers, right? There's all of those things. But if if NFT, if the if the thesis of the argument is NFTs are a scam, a cheat, uh, a Ponzi scheme, whatever then you're saying all NFTs are a scam. You're saying Top Shot is a scam. Is it? I, I think it would be ridiculous for anyone to pretend that it is. Again, you may not, you personally may not see value in digital collectibles, but that's fine. You don't have to buy any. The fact is, you know, if people see value in it, there are, I mean, look at the size of the sports collectible market. Trading cards, right? It's a piece of cardboard. Pennants, T-shirts, Right? Why? Why are you paying forty-five bucks for a T-shirt with a sports logo on it when you can get three blank T-shirts for ten bucks at Walmart? Well, because sports collectibles have value in and of themselves. So you may not see the value in it, but someone does. It doesn't mean it's a scam or a cheat. It's just you know there there's someone sees value in it, and and as we know, there's the other value too that is unique to nfts right there are experiences uh events right we know that top shot they've done those things already right you yeah okay maybe you don't see the value in collecting something that you can see on youtube but what if you collect that and then you get to go to to watch a finals game in a box does that have value i would say so and you know i actually think that the next space that's going to rip and just go crazy is going to be luxury goods i feel like Luxury goods are right now, you know, if if you buy an expensive luxury item, tokenizing an NFT that shows that it's authentic is just such an easy way and such a smart use case of blockchain that I know Rolex is doing something with this already. And I think you're going to see others follow that space. And the idea of having that chain of custody of that authenticity matching the serial number in your wallet, I mean, that's the sort of when you're talking about like understanding the technology and ignoring the technology, these sort of things make life better. And in the end, that's the aim of all technology, even a pencil, if you consider it technology, it's aimed to make life easier. And uh, absolutely. And I, I think you're I think it's a great it's a great use case. It's a great point, because I mean, we know we know how expensive a Louis Vuitton bag is, and we know how popular fake Louis Vuitton bags are, and how indistinguishable they could be, right? Unless you're a real expert, even even someone with experience can be fooled. So, you know, if if this technology comes out to immediately say, okay, we can immediately uh, distinguish which which bags are real and which aren't, because you have this 
certificate of authenticity that is digital and can't and can't be faked. I mean, well, how game changing is that? And and did you you know if you want to like argue about NFTs or the technology, did you see what happened with the uh, Roblox Gucci bag? Where where on on the the metaverse well not metaverse on the video game Roblox a virtual yeah. Gucci bag sold for one thousand dollars more than the real thing. So if you don't believe in yes, digital I, scarcity, right? Like that in itself right. tells you, you know, they could buy the real thing for a thousand dollars cheaper. But this idea of brandishing your avatar, of owning digital property, is here to stay. It is very real, and um, it, it's and by easy. the way, that that bag on Roblox. You can't resell it. Yeah, that's true. There's no right? ability. Yeah, yeah. You, you right? just there's you, no market. There's no market to resell it. So if you think that that buying a digital item that that you can resell and prove the authenticity of is crazy, how about buying a digital item where you can't resell it and you just bought it and if you ever stop playing Roblox, that money is gone. Yeah. How about that? Does that seem crazy? Because that's already happening. Yeah, and in Fortnite with my son, God only knows the amount of skins that have been purchased in Fortnite. And, you know, once you get into this Web3 land, you could take, if that is a token that's used to purchase these assets, you yep. could take that token yep. and you could move it to another game when your kid grows out of it. Boy, wouldn't that be nice. Yep. Uh, yep. Because, you know, these things sort of come in phases. Listen, Adam, I, I wanted to keep it at 25 minutes. We're at 24 minutes. We're right on the nose. Um, what are the things that you're working on right now in terms of maybe potential articles you're writing or podcasts you want to do? What's going on in the world of Adam Fish right now? Uh, you know what? It's uh, You put me on the spot here. Um, you're welcome. Um, Pac Rip and I are still doing around the metaverse, uh, trying to do it every week. Sometimes we, we have to skip a week because life gets in the way, but um, it's it's a good summary. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a step back. Um, and sort of, I'm in more of a holding phase now with some of my NFTs. And um, I think just there's been a lot of negativity in space lately. And I think it's sort of, it's been distracting me from real life a bit. And so I think I'm, I'm, I'm not stepping away, but I, I'm just stepping back a little bit and trying to kind of get, get back into the stuff that really matters and, and let this stuff go on in the background. And, you know, I, I think, I think just try to, pare down what I'm spending my time on in the space and make it just be with the, the, the people like you who, who I enjoy and the people that I don't, I'm, I just don't have time for. I think that's fair. I love, before we started recording, I said, listen, Adam, there's going to be war in the background with my sons <laughs> right now. And, and you said, no, don't worry. I'm experiencing the same thing. So I have no idea. There is sound coming through. There is children's yes. ruckus coming through. No clue if it's my house or yours. No, I don't have the, don't know. the damnedest idea. Of, but it doesn't we have, matter. We have headphones on. We'll take off the headphones and then we'll find out. We we'll are being our authentic selves today on NFTeach. Adam, as always, as a pleasure always. to have you on. Uh, really enjoyed this piece. And, and I hope people enjoy the audio companion to this and, and um, share it with people who are maybe trying to learn about the space or figure out what's what. So thanks so much for joining. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Talk to you soon, bye. I want to thank my guest, Adam Fish, for shining light 
on the NFTs are scams discussion. Uh, we're going to be bringing you some great episodes. If you didn't check out my latest episode with Plunge Father, I highly suggest you do. And as always, we're going to be bringing you a number of episodes this week on NFTeach. Looking forward to it. Thank you for your retweets, your shares, your likes, your reviews on Apple Podcasts. All of that goes a long way uh, and it is greatly appreciated. For now, it is Dr. Jeremy signing off saying take care of yourselves and each other. Peace. Yeah.